episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode I'll be whispering my review for Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Now I'll admit um, this is a film I was really excited to see and not because I'm a war movie fan and not because I'm a history buff. To be frank, I am neither. But I was really excited to see this film because I always find Christopher Nolan's films to be some of the best-looking, best-sounding films in the world. And uh, I knew at the very least I was going to get into um, the theater and see a spectacle. And at best, I get a technically brilliant, rich story that leaves me feeling um, satisfied and with an adrenaline rush because of what I witnessed on screen. The Dunkirk evacuation was the evacuation of Allied soldiers during World War II from the beaches and harbor of Dunkirk. The operation commenced after a massive number of British, French, and Belgian troops were cut off and surrounded by German troops. Um, there were hundreds of thousands of Allied troops stranded and cut off, and for the vast majority of them, death was imminent and very certain. In terms of the plot of the film, uh, it's quite straightforward. Uh, the film follows three interconnected narratives that occur within different but overlapping time periods. And these three perspectives include land, uh, which is a timeline of one week, sea, which covers one day, and air, which extends exactly one hour, or roughly one hour. On land, we meet our protagonist, uh, Tommy, at least, you would say he's our protagonist. I'll discuss later why it's tough to call him a real protagonist, but either way, Tommy is a young British soldier who manages to escape gunfire and make it uh, to the beach where he finds other British and Allied troops waiting for evacuation. Tommy befriends another soldier, even though they never speak, and together they go through this epic journey of trying to survive what seems to be an impossible feat. Their journey takes them through bombings, being sunk on a ship, and constant air raids with no way out, or seemingly no way out. The sea narrative follows Mr. Dawson, who is a civilian, who, along with his son and his son's friend George, head out to Dunkirk in an attempt to save some of the soldiers that are stranded there. We learn that Mr. Dawson's older son has died in the war and feels, and he feels he needs um, to play an important role in the salvation of some of these stranded soldiers. And then lastly, during the air narrative, uh, which is uh, only one hour in the timeline of the events, we meet two pilots, Farrier and Collins, one of which is played by Tom Hardy. Both are British fighter pilots and they're on their way to Dunkirk to provide assistance for the stranded British and Allied troops. And during this narrative, we see their efforts in trying to do their best um, during this this uh, evacuation and and um, struggle. And you know they're facing.
facing, of course, enemy planes, and they have uh, diminishing fuel supply or low fuel supply. So you're sort of they're dealing with external um, threats as well as the threat of running out of fuel. for a second. Uh, I thought the film had quite a few positive um, aspects, and here's where I'll start in terms of what I really liked. This film is absolutely gorgeous. Well, um, I, I just thought it looked uh, so fantastic, the film, and it had this very rich texture. And I'm not just talking about picture quality. That is, of course, outstanding. This looked like I could reach my hand out and touch grains of sand. Nolan is, is, Nolan is from a technical perspective, an incredible filmmaker. And just about all of his films, if not all of his films, have this certain quality to them and the way they look. And Dunkirk is no exception. I later discovered uh, that they shot the film on IMAX film, which really explains why the image looks so rich and grandiose. Essentially, as I understand it, they shot this film with the intention of making it look immersive and for an audience in theaters. They wanted the film to be huge and a real theatrical experience and they really accomplished that it, it looks great they used thousands of extras and every shot they could take that included real props real people they didn't and it just added to that feeling of being totally immersed in the film and there, there's also of course this amazing sense of cinematography with every Nolan film the shots are beautiful but not forced it feels real as if the viewer is on the beach with the troops and it is in large part because of how beautiful this film looks a second thing that I thought was uh, very good about the film was the score and generally speaking the sound um, I'll admit I was left amazed with Hans Zimmer's work for the score of Interstellar, in which I thought he did a wonderful job of enhancing the film with audio and sound. In Dunkirk, it's not quite the same effect, um, but it really was quality stuff. There was a ticking clock effect that added to the sense of urgency and left you always uneasy because you felt the tension. You felt as if at any moment, you know, the clock is going to sort of count down and hit zero and bullets are going to be flying and, you know, the, the characters you're following are going to experience tragedy. Uh, the film was very loud and I've, um, I've listened to and I've seen and read uh, a couple of different thoughts on how loud it was. For me, it worked because for me, it, it sort of, it, it captures what I imagine war is like, which is abrupt, quick, and even if you're not ready for it, it's going to be loud, it's going to be gruesome, and and you can't just escape it when, you know, bombs are dropping and bullets are flying, so. Again, personally for me, I thought the sound was 
of course loud, yes it was loud, but I thought it added to it, so I thought the sound was good, and I thought the audio, uh, the score and the audio in general of the film was um, excellent, really. Not, not as breathtaking as Interstellar, another um, Nolan film, of course, but certainly a positive aspect of this film. Aspect I loved about this film is the unique approach on war films. In war films, um, the antagonist is always the same, at least in most cases, and the antagonist in general terms is the opposing military force. So that's to say, in any war film, the antagonist is whatever army is opposing the protagonist lead or group in the film you're watching. Dunkirk doesn't do that. And as a matter of fact, Dunkirk doesn't even mention German forces once, I believe. We don't see German troops or ships, just a couple of planes. This is intentional by Nolan, and it's a decision that, in my opinion, really paid off. Because what's really scary and makes the viewer nervous and tense during the viewing experience is not German soldiers, but rather war and the unpredictability of it. It goes back to the saying of you fear what you cannot see, and this film utilizes that perfectly, in my opinion. By not showing the opposing troops, it felt like they were mysterious and omnipotent, and they could at any point jump out and cause havoc. This, in my opinion, was such a great decision by Nolan because the film is about war and survival, not about opposing troops. I noticed uh, that about an hour into the film, um, I had been um, watching the film for an hour, but I could have sworn I was only there for 20 minutes because I was glued to the events of the film, thinking, when are we going to see you know, an, oppos an opposing group of soldiers, what will they do? I think by almost um, keeping them in the shadows, it makes the film flow more effortlessly and creates more urgency and more tension than had we seen them um, you know, at any one point in the film. On another note, I thought the acting was predictably good, but it's difficult to say much. Um, there is very little dialogue, and the film, uh, it's, it's essentially a silent film in many ways, because you, you don't hear a lot from the characters you see on screen. You know, the, the, the screen time is dedicated to threat and danger of war, and you see bombs and gunfire fires. Um, so Tom Hardy did well, even though once again he has a mask on and you can only see half of his face. Tom Hardy seems to enjoy roles where, you know, half of his face is covered, but he did a good job being expressive with, again, just half of his face, basically just his eyebrows and his eyeballs. Um, Killian Murphy did well, which is understandable. I thought the rule, I thought, you know, if, if I'm being honest, his strongest performance was 
was uh, the actor who portrayed Mr. Dawson. I thought he did a very good job of, you know, it seemed very effortless. You know, you could sort of get a sense of urgency on his face. You could get a sense of um, duty on his face. <clears throat> and in general, I thought he was a very strong, it was a very strong performance by his part. I forget the name of the actor, but I'm, I'm almost positive he's actually an Oscar winner. So, so obviously he's, you know, done, done great work in the past as well. Um, the actor who played Thomas, again, who's our quote unquote protagonist, he did very well. So no complaints for me on, on that front at all. witnessed 
um, I had basically gone through a a roller coaster ride with uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman, and I had the exact same feeling after watching um, Inception. I thought after Inception I was left, you know, like with an adrenaline rush, because it was an epic. It was an epic film that took you through all these loops and, and you had questions and you know you were you were on your seat <coughs> excuse me I can't quite put my finger on it but this film didn't do that for me I didn't feel the same roller coaster of emotions that I did for those other films I just mentioned but that could also be because of the simple fact that this film centers around one single event, it's difficult to really experience the sensation of a long journey when, at the end of the day, it's a single event covering three perspectives that lead to the same result. And I can't place my finger on it otherwise. I still really enjoyed this film, but... <coughs> I still really enjoyed the film, but... I, again, I, I left thinking I wanted a little more. I can't quite put my finger on it. I can't say exactly what was um, something I didn't like about the film that led to, to, to this sensation. I Again, it's hard to put my finger on it, but I, I didn't get quite as emotionally invested, and I didn't quite feel as emotionally satisfied after watching Dunkirk. It's... Um, on a side note, it's kind of interesting because I've read that this event, Dunkirk, was or is a very significant moment in history for Nolan himself. And it's because his grandfather, I believe, actually participated or was involved in this event as a soldier, I believe. So it was interesting to know that this was sort of a passion project for Nolan. And I thought he did a very good job, as always. And it, it might have been the fact that part of me wants to think that Nolan decided to really emphasize, you know, survival and war. And how you, you know, again, war is not... And they make reference to this a couple times in the film. It's, there really aren't any heroes in war. It's just, you kind of remember the survivors. And that's about it. So, it may very well be just a matter of, because we don't have a hero in the traditional sense to latch onto, you don't feel like, you, you almost don't feel as if, You know, it, it could just be a matter of we've been accustomed to a certain type of film that has a hero, basically, that you latch onto, and during their success and during their failure, you sort of root for them, and you, you hurt for them when they fail. It could very well be that because we didn't have that hero, 
which Tom Hardy is actually the hero of the film, I suppose. You know, and at the end, there's some emotional things with him that you sort of look at and you're like, you know, wow. But you don't get that during, you know, the first 80% of the film. You know, had the film centered around Tom Hardy, it would have been a totally different film, yes. Um, maybe it would have left me with a, a, a more fulfilling experience afterwards. say in summary Dunkirk is a beautifully shot beautifully executed film that portrays an immensely emotional real event during World War II the acting was solid but the real props the rich texture of the film and the immersive experience really made it a wonderfully tense and pleasurable viewing experience again it I wasn't left as impressed as I've been after watching Inception the first time or after watching Interstellar. But I would give Dunkirk a 4.5 out of 5 stars, and I would really recommend it, that you see the film, in particular in theaters, while it's still around, because it is intended for a viewing audience in a theater, especially in IMAX, really, but um, seeing this film on your phone is, in my opinion, not doing it full justice. <clears throat> Once again, Nolan, you know, does a, a technically brilliant job with the film, and it's, it's, you know, it was a beautiful film. It was a very pleasurable watch. Not his best film, in my opinion, but um, definitely worth a watch. Um, I'd love to know what you guys thought about the film. And you can send your thoughts and comments to hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. If you have another film or, or TV series you'd like me to review, you can also send me an email. Same email, hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. But um, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, and 